Hello, my name is Dan Cox, and I'm the CEO of Ascension. Ascension is the ANZ market leader in data, known as the clean data experts, helping clients unlock the value of their data, turning it into profit. This is the first part of a special series of podcasts where I discuss a range of interesting topics that have a high profile for data professionals. For these podcasts, I'm joined by Alan Heron and Mark Palmer from TIPCO. This podcast is part one for the series, and we discuss the ramifications of low-code, no-code capabilities and considerations for data migration. Okay, let's get started. Here's Alan Heron with an introduction. I'm joined by a couple of fantastic speakers that I've got to know personally. We're joined today by Dan Cox. Uh, Dan is the CEO of Ascension. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Dan over the, uh, or getting to know Dan over about the last year and uh, spending a lot of time on different topics and, and, and different approaches to the marketplace. Dan's based in just outside Sydney, I believe. Mark Palmer is the general manager and also the SVP or Senior Vice President of Engineering at TICO for the data and analytics business. Mark's an author and a, and a blogger. It's an absolute pleasure to invite Mark, who's based uh, out in uh, New York, uh, the New York area. My name's Alan Heron. I'm joining from Cambridge, a little village just outside Cambridge. So as I mentioned, we really are in uh, different parts and uh, we, we've got a great session for you today. We're going to be talking around no-code. We're going to be talking about low-code. But really key is how we're going to get or create a business unfair advantage. I'm going to hand this across to Mark because Mark, I think you're going to, you're going to kick off with the, with the topics here today. Thanks very much, Alan. So yeah, I, you know, the industry has really taken a storm, I think, on this concept of no code. You know, I am from New York. <laughs> I work a lot with the banks here. You know, just recently I was talking to a CIO who said, you know, our goal is to turn our volume from a few apps a year to 30 or 40 apps a year. And it wasn't just that they have more to do and they're piling on more applications. It's more experimentation. It's more exploration of business value, more responsiveness to their sort of IT clients, but they're actually kind of in that bridge role. They're not technically IT. They're kind of that middle technology team. And the answer to them, a big part of it is the tooling that makes it easier for them to prototype, build applications more quickly and just do their job more quickly. I mean, not just prototypes, but actually self-service, which has been very popular for BI for some time. So, you know, from their point of view, it was all about cycle time. Now, no code is, I think, uh, kind of the, the techie geeky thing that the way we're trying to build all of our products here at TIPCO, and we'll talk about that. But to me, the business value, and I'm I'd love to hear Dan. I think we're going to both take this question at the start because he obviously implements these systems with a lot of our tooling. And we'll talk about some big innovations we've done here in the last year about uh, in this no-code area. But Dan, this is what you're seeing too, I think, right? Oh, absolutely. And thanks, Mark and Al. Normally, we hear the terminology of no-code or low-code really associated with development of apps or website building or analytics. But I'm going to take a different kind of look at this, and that's actually in the data management space. So if we kind of look at a little bit at history and look back maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, there was a real drive to try to do data warehouse automation. One of the areas that organizations really find that they need agility and flexibility and speed to market is actually all of the analytics. 
But if you look at what has happened in the past, and that is manual ETL processing, and for all those that know what ETL is, great, that extract, transform, and loading. So moving data from one place to another, from the sources to your centralized data warehouse, and then making all these transformations, and that was all manual coding. And typically to, to deliver a data warehouse, you're looking at six to 12 months back then. And so that's why data warehouse automation was coming into play. But I had never seen an actual implementation successful because it never worked. It always broke because every time you wanted to add something new or a new source or a new attribute or new field or new piece of information, it would just break everything. And therefore, you just have to go right back to the manual way of building code. When we're talking today with clients, it is about that speed to decision making and the flexibility. So when we start looking at uh, no code options, we are looking at, you know, trying to grab the source of information and push it as quickly as possible into the right format to the right people to make the right decisions, or at least the best decisions that they can make. That's the thing that everybody kind of forgets is that it's the data that often slows you down, right? That's the boat anchor. Yeah. I'm responsible for a bunch of products here, including analytics products, but our data products too. So virtualization, which of course we'll get to and MDM and EBX. And you know, one of the things we just released this past six months or so is a citizen interface to do exactly what Dan just said for someone who's not a hardcore data engineer. That is low code as well. And that is part of the whole tool chain that gets you from data all the way to application, right? And I and I think it is a huge hurdle to get over, which we're starting to with, with new technologies. That's exactly right, Mark. And being able to have some of those tools, the Flogos and the new citizen portal for really does help organizations push the boundaries of quickness to get the data that they need. I was just talking with the head of risk for a major financial institute the other day. We were just chatting and all of a sudden he just turned to me and said, hey, Dan, I, I've got a real problem. And I said, okay, lay it on me. He said, I've got more than 12 applications that I'm monitoring and trying to get information out of. And I don't have a full um, scope of what my enterprise risk is. And you can imagine someone like that's got multiple different applications around capital risk and financial risk and human risk, occupational health, customer churn risk, etc. And to try and collate all of that and the additional new algorithms and new modeling, whether that's through um, machine learning or other data science algorithms trying to bring that together is just a nightmare for them. So we started looking at low code, no code type of options, including virtualization to bring it together and really looking at how we can do that very quickly and looking at six weeks of a, a turnaround to actually get the single pane of glass for him for our entire uh, enterprise profile of risk. Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. And I, I know many of the people I, I'm speaking to at the moment, they're, they're on a path. I think, Mark, you picked up on it in a topic that you've created earlier about that path to cloud. People are looking at cloud data warehouses, snowflakes up there. I do see it's the BI and the data engineering folks that are still worried about those servicing all the data, these new proliferations of data. You touched on getting the tech to fit the way humans work. Mark, can you just pick up a little bit more on that topic of DV? Dan just talked about it, but how does that fit in? Yeah, and especially in cloud migration, it's a great question. So, you know, one of the big government contractors here I just recently met with, like every customer, they said, hey, we're, we're migrating to the cloud, <laughs> right, Dan? <laughs> which, yeah. which customer has not said that to you? 
However, the big lie, I think, is that it's a lift and shift process. We all love Snowflake, Databricks, all these new cool, the cool kids, the cloud native. And actually the cloud native options with Redshift and Google BigQuery and Azure, you know, every native platform has great options. But this contractor said, hey, you know, we're migrating, but it's going to be like a five to 10 year migration. We might not ever have all of our data up there. It's the great mainframe ruse, right? You know, mainframes are are still also happily working away, right? So virtualization is becoming, I think, the essential technology to help make that happen. And it's one of the great untold stories, I think, of virtualization, right? Because I look at like that uh, metaphorical duck on a lake, right? Where the duck looks calm. And that's your business application users, right? People doing reports don't care where the data is. They don't care about your data migration to the cloud. They don't care if it comes from 15 sources. They just want a customer 360 view, right? So underneath, that's a lot of work. And underneath, there's a title shift. (laughs) And the title shift is cloud migration. And I mean, most IT organizations will pick up, uh, you know, a few pieces of their data at a time and put it in the cloud. And again, some will always keep that on-prem. So virtualization is the perfect answer, right? Because you can create a virtual interface. The data can be migrating and moving and shifting and, and ETLing if you want, Dan. I mean, people still do ETL, right? Yeah, they some, certainly some, do. That's right. And in some places, it's, it's, it's very relevant. But, you know, not having to do it all in one fell swoop is the real value of, of I think, virtualization in the cloud context today. And by making it even easier to do that, so you've got a sort of citizen data engineer able to do it. We call it internally something called Contrail, but for you, it's just the interface, the virtualization, which is web-based and drag and drop. Dan talks the stories, and we hear about it all the time. Of like, hey, let's go to let's 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 be able to do this in a couple hours or a few days, you know, to create a new data source. My favorite story is actually one of them is in Asia, a company that's taken that down to just minutes, right? Because they've got these mm-hmm. self-service tools. That's K Bank, the bank in Thailand which is a customer of ours. So that's our vision. That's our goal. Get it to the point where in a secure, managed performance, (laughs) you know, high performance, scalable context, enterprise context, drive it down to minutes because that's where I think the magic of no code comes in. Yeah, Mark, I think that's an amazing point. Uh, Alan, you brought up the cloud type atmosphere, but then Mark, you brought in the fact of migration and you're right. Most organizations believe that they've got to do this one foul swoop of lifting and shifting and moving everything into a cloud environment. And most of the time that is just a daunting and a horrific type of project. But using something like a data virtualization to help minimize the complexity of that and to look at, you know, those hybrid models, because as we know, mainframes are still around and they are still going to be around for at least another 10 years, if not more than that. And so we know that those types of technologies are always going to be on-prem. So you have to have a hybrid model and the ability to bring together all that information. Just on a side note, I was talking to the CEO of of one of the mid-tier banks out of New Zealand yesterday. He's just kind of fed up. He's just said, look, I'm going to build a new bank 
on the side. All my data engineers have said we've got to migrate the information, but I don't think that's right. I don't think we can, but I have to make sure because I've only got one banking license, so I can't have two different banks. Said, so, well, we can solve that really easily. Leave the the old information where it, where it lies. We can use virtualization to have single uh, customer viewpoint and to be able to drive all of the UIs, whether that's internal or external applications, and be able to see everything that you need to do and be compliant, which is a major element for those institutions. You just invented the notion of a virtual bank. I think that's pretty cool. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Cox, CEO of Ascension. If you want to know more about turning data into profit, reach out to me on LinkedIn or visit our website at ascension.com. That's Ascension with a T. Again, thanks for listening.